It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Yo, what's up, Dave? Yo, what's up, man? It's the cool and kick back in the studio with DJ Scratch, my man Frank Bates. Reminiscing about how we try to shop our demo and everybody was dishing, you know what I'm saying? Yo, Pete, tell him what's up, man.
stupid cellular, the stupid booming system with the cellular phone. So it's always been about flossing and and and, and talking about material things because you know. Rap is something that was bred in the inner cities of people that came from nothing. So fantasizing and, you know, and glorifying material things is just, you know, it's kind of second nature, you know, um, especially when you're rhyming. You know, and plus it just sounds good. It sounds nice, you know, to talk about these things. So that always been a staple of hip-hop, you know, bragging about material things. It's just that it was a lot more artistic, you know, and it was, it was they were honest, you know, talking about that, yeah, the material things is cool and all, but all we really want is somebody just listen. And, you know, I'm dating myself, and this song is dated, obviously, by even talking about the word demo. A demo was something that you created, you know, to shop around to different uh, record labels. You know, and it was you didn't have YouTube and, you know, iTunes and all these different things that you got now where you could just make a song um, you know, over 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 a beat that was emailed to you and downloaded. You know, this was people in the studios, you know, with old track boards and, you know, 808 machines, or these, these old beat machines. It was a machine that made all these different beats, and these guys would rap over it and then, you know, put a few songs together and then shop it out. And in this particular song, well, I love the beauty of the song. I love the honesty of it because, again, they're talking about these material things that they want, but at, in, the, in the end... They'll trade it all for just, you know, they'll trade, you know, sacrifice not having any of it just for somebody to listen to their demo. But that's enough of the hip-hop tutorial. But we, you know, Guard Your Girl Boxing was founded and predicated on hip-hop. Like, you know, you, we can't, you know, it, it's hand-in-hand. I can't tell a story or I can't talk about certain things without bringing hip-hop because hip-hop is like the soundtrack of my life. You feel me? Like, hip-hop music is like, you know, the heartbeat. You know, it's it's the ultimate stabilizer for all of us here on Guard Your Girl, not just myself. You know, we love hip-hop music. And, you know, YouTube did some goofy stuff a few years back. You know, they took a lot of our videos down that, you know, that had uh, uh, music that, that we didn't own. Like, you know, for instance, if we just had any rap or music in our intro or our outro of our videos, they would take it down. Like, some of our biggest views the biggest view videos got taken down. Like our video when we did the, the Ricky Hatton um and Floyd Mayweather fight, that's kinda when we kinda made our debut into Guard Your Girl Boxing in two thousand and seven. Yeah, it's been that long folks, but anyhow, the video got taken down because we had I I can't remember what particular song we had on the video, but it got taken down because we didn't own the rights to the song. And it's a shame because like I said, music tells that story. Like, I can't, like, we, you know, Sleep always had this idea of when we did Guard Your Girl Boxing, um, we wanted to give that same, uh, what was it, New York Undercover film. And, again, I'm digging myself. This was a show in the 90s, but it had a raw and edgy opening to the to the, to the the show. Like, the show would just come on with, with music playing, and whenever, like, the, 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 the whatever the show was about, you know, the, the opening scene would, would kind of, telegraph what the show was about, like if somebody got killed or somebody got arrested for something, you know, the show would open it up that way. But whatever hot song was out that particular time, they would, you know, open the, open the show up, you know, with the song in the background, and, and, and it went hand-in-hand. Like a lot of these songs fit the story that they was telling. 
Well, that's the kind of the same thing what we did with Garja Girl Boxing. Like, we, the hip-hop element tells a story. Like, when shout out to Volley Boy. Volley Boy is from the West Coast. So he did an interview with Freddie Rose. Cause we're, we're here on the East Coast. Roberto is technically on the East Coast, although he's in Florida. So that was our only, really our only West Coast contact, you know. So when we did this, when we did his video, it was called Welcome to the Chambers of Volley Boy, which is a spinoff of Wu-Tang. You know, that was, that was his own chamber, the West Coast chamber, and we opened up with California. You know, California knows how to party, the Tupac and Dr. Dre song. Like, again, the music tells a story about a story. But that's enough about music. We got a lot of boxing to get into, folks. My goodness. Um, you know, we got a heavyweight fight. You know, we got we got lightweight fights. We got middleweights. We got junior welterweights. We got junior middleweights. It's almost like every division that's fighting this weekend. You know, it's so much, it's so much, so much going on. You know, but um, we, I promise. You know, we'll get into it at all. Get into it all. Um, you know, we're only gonna go on for an hour. I get I'm riding Dolo for the evening. So, um, you know, I'll try to try to get through this stuff as much as quickly as I can and entertain you folks, you know, much as I can. I'll, I'll try my best. But um, shout out to Kanaz Boxing, um, you know, uh, Elite Boxing and different boxing uh, groups out there, part of the boxing family, um, you know, that support our movement, Guard Grow Boxing, you know, a respect to those guys, you know, and what they do. And... You know, one of the fights that's going down this weekend is a heavyweight fight between uh, Anthony Joshua and uh, Melina, and that's going down. I believe it's in London. The fight is actually taking place, and if I'm not mistaken, but um, Eric Molina, you know, um, has been very vocal about how he feels about what he, how, you know, what he feels about Anthony Joshua. You know, he he feels like he's he, he's manufactured. You know, he's been put in there to look good against, you know, uh, pretty much hand-picked opponents at this junction of his career. Obviously, you know, he's only 25 years old, and, um, you know, he's, he, they're not going to test him right off the bat. You know, you know, Anthony Joshua, you know, come, you know, got a, got a lot of shoes to fill, if you will. You know, London's a hot, you know, been a hot band for Boston for quite some time, and they produce some great champions. You know, um, I believe Anthony Joshua was from London. I don't want to misspeak because I got myself in trouble before um, when I spoke of Carl Frosch uh, being from somewhere else <laughs> that he wasn't. So I believe he's from London. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I just, I just, you know, forgive me if I'm speaking incorrectly there. But um, anyhow, so Anthony Joshua is an up-and-coming young heavyweight fighter. Um, the guy looks like an action figure. You know, he looks he looks like a a guy that if you you know if you're doing a movie, you know, Rocky comes to mind, or you know any type of Hollywood driven boxing movie, boxing German type movie. You know, he he fits the part. You know, like he the guy got muscles like all throughout his body. You know, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a great fighter. You know, because you know like the old saying goes, you can look like Tarzan and fight like James. You know, so muscles really don't tell the story in boxing. You know, some of your greatest greatest fighters ever, you know, just had regular bodies, so to speak. Um, but he's a guy. You know, um, his 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 biggest win to date, I guess, would be against uh, Stavern. I guess that would be his biggest, you know, biggest win to date, if I'm not mistaken. Um, 
But I'm me personally, I'm kinda cold on the uh on the on on the Anthony Joshua uh uh bandwagon if if you will. And I'm part of me, his his biggest fight isn't uh Severn. He he wants to fight Bermain Severn. Severn is the guy who actually fought uh Deontay Wilder. That was Deontay Wilder's biggest fight, so um so I guess we gotta just kinda wait and see how that all plays out. You know, you got he has Eric Molina who also fought Deontay Wilder uh earlier this I think it was last year, I forget when they actually fought. Molina had some moments in a fight, but he was pretty much dominated. And I and, and it's funny because you got Eric Molina saying that, you know, he he's basically been you you know, uh throwing throwing a bunch of softballs this way, but some people are saying the same thing about Eric Molina. Like you're basically a serve up fighter that it's put in there to make Anthony Joshua look like he man, basically. So, you know, um you gotta take the fight with a grain of salt. You know, they're building a fighter and we always talk about building a fighter, how do you do it? And one of the ways you do it you bring again, you bring them all you bring them along slowly. You put them against like what we like to call fringe contenders. Fringe contenders are guys like Eric Molina, a guy that's himself been in there with some great champions, had some moments maybe for for a vacant title here or there, and maybe give the young fighter a, a scare around or two, but for pretty much the fighter, the young fighter is there to win the fight and to be in control of the fight. So there's no difference with this fight on Saturday um, that's taking place. And this is going to be tape delayed, which is, I think is a serious, serious joke that they still show tape delayed fights in 2016. Like, it's either you, you, you watch the fight then or that's that. Like, they don't show tape-delayed football games. Like, why do boxing choose to still do this? I have no idea, but that's a whole other story for another day. But the fight, obviously, London, they're about seven to eight hours ahead of us. Well, I, I forget the exact time. It might not even be that much, but maybe I'm at, I'll do from, like, five to eight hours or something like that. Geography, geography is not my strong point, so obviously. So um, it, it'll definitely be... It'll be like our when a fight takes place. It'll be in the afternoon our time here, depending on where you live. You know, here in the states. But um, again, back to Anthony Joshua. You know, it's funny because um, shout out to uh, Kanaz Corner. You know, she had put up a, a post with with Anthony Joshua, and I was just like, you know, I don't, I'm not really feeling him. I feel like he's like the new weave, David Hay. And she was like, well, wow, I'm, I, I found it interesting that you would first, you know, compare him to David Hay, who I think is a great fighter, or was a good fighter. I think I don't know if she said he was a good fighter. I think she was just more taken back to the fact that, you know, I use David Hay, I mean, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Joshua's fight game and David Hay expense, or the parallel I made. But the thing about it is, I just don't think neither guy is that good fight game-wise. Um, a lot of wide punches, uh, wide stance, you know, um, a lot of looping punches that a guy that, you know, can can can, can put together some straight punches. Like the Klitschko and the Prong Klitschko, you know, um, make easy work out of a guy like Anthony Joshua. You know, easy work. But they're, like, past their prom. So sometimes, and this is what a lot of different things, you know, not just boxing. Everything's about timing. And... The old saying goes, you got to be good and a little lucky. Sometimes luck 
you know, overweighs the being good part because, you know, timing is everything. Like, like everything's about perfect timing. Like, you can go look for a house in a high-end area, but if a couple bad things happen in that particular area and the property value lowered for that particular year and you just happen to buy at that year, you know, you get lucky, you know, and you're ahead of the game. Now, when a property value go back, back up, now you are, you got it. It's not a house no more. It's an investment. So the same thing kind of applies with boxing. Like everything's about the right timing. Like right now, it's a buyer's market. Like you can, you could pretty much buy heavyweight for cheap. And I don't want to belittle him. Like you just like you bought him from Walmart, and he's this new toy that you're playing with. What I'm what I'm what I'm seeing is that the timing. And the landscape of boxing works perfect if you're trying to build something because if you got a half decent guy, you got a bunch of subpar guys out there, you know, other than, you know, Ortiz, who also I think will uh make easy work out of Anthony Joshua. Um then you got Deontay Wilder out there. Now I'm gonna go on a limb and, and, and this is this is anybody that know me, and this is Coltrane, you know, I, I speak for myself here. I've never been a Deontay Wilder fan. Like, there's like nothing. There's not five things I can tell you. My my old my old uh, uh, way of uh, detecting if a fighter is good or not. Name me five things he does well, and I couldn't name you five things that he do well. Me personally, um, I know he has great athleticism. That's one. I don't know about his chin. Like, I don't really know his chin. Like, even though Stavern Cody wants some nice punches, like I just don't know about his chin at this point. You know, like again, these guys haven't really haven't really put a lot of big time punches. Not that there's a lot in there. Again, we talk about the market factor again. Um, he has a decent jab. I think it, it, it's a little telegraph, but it works because you got a lot of wild guys, so he's able to tame them with the, you know, with with a fifty uh, percent jab. You know, it's a, it's fifty fifty. You know. Sometimes it looks good, and other times it looks telegraphed, basically. Um, and that's pretty much it I can really say about Deontay Wilder. I think his stamina is a little shaky. But that being said, I think he, I think he beats Anthony Joshua at this level of – at this stage of both fighters' careers. I think I think I got to get a fight to Anthony Joshua. I mean, excuse me, uh, Deontay Wilder. But prediction this was Saturday. I think Anthony Joshua beats Melina. I wouldn't be shocked if he stops him, you know. Um, you know, the fight's in, you know, in his hometown. He's going to be pumped up. I mean, I mean and, and a shout-out to the to the London fans. They show mad love to, they, to their guys. Like, they rock out with their guys. They support them really well. And, you know, um, that's a great thing, you know, for him, like, far as momentum goes, you know. And, again, boxing, you know, it got that gladiator feel to it. Like, it's like the crowd kind of, like, you know, becomes a part of the action. You know, they're yelling and screaming. You know, he's probably going to take a little bit more chances. And Melina, you know, he's he's been around the block a few times, so he's ripe for the picking uh, for Timber. You know, for uh, for for you know for him to fall forward. Um, so I, I just I just expect a lot of wild punches once again being displayed for Joshua displayed by Anthony Joshua. Like, he doesn't put punches together properly. I can't give you an astute game, game plan on how he's going to attack him because there's really not one. It's just like it's a bunch of haymakers and wild punches. And they're, when, you, when, 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 you're, when two big guys are fighting and one guy is, is quicker 
and a little bit more elusive. That guy normally wins. That's the difference between heavyweight and the other weight classes. Now, that's what made guys like Riddick Bowe, Evander Holyfield, Lennox Lewis, you know, guys like that. Like, that's what made them kind of special because they were these big guys, but they, was, they, were, they were light on their feet. You know, they were very nimble, and they put punches together like smaller guys. These guys, they they fight like the typical prototype wild guy, you know, big guys. So, but that, all that being said, I'm going with Anthony Joshua. I think he stops uh, Eric Molina. I don't know what what round the fight's going to be stopped in, but I definitely think that the fight gets stopped. And you know, we'll see what happens next. You know, he's on a collision course with Deontay Wilder. They both got a lot to uh, lot to prove. So we'll, 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 you know, we'll see what happens, you know, after that. Um, and the, the fight I was talking about, the one when he got the KO, I was saying it was one of his biggest wins was against uh, Dominique Brazil when I said uh, Stavern. Stavern is will be a good step-up test for uh, for Anthony Johnson because he actually can crack. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens with that. But, um, you know, staying with the big boys, you know, um, we got a uh, we got another big fight that's coming up. So it's, I can't believe that, you know, uh, we're getting spoiled like this, you know, uh, with all these great fights on one night. That was our tagline, one night, bunch of fights, you know what I mean? That was our, our hashtag. And speaking of the big boys, we got another big boy fight. We got Dylan White versus Derek uh, Chisora, you know. So this is another fight that got implications that could spill over to Anthony Joshua. Um, wow. This is, I mean, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, I, people don't think I'm, like, I'm being hard, but I just don't like these guys. I, I can't be, I, I, you, you one thing about, y'all know me, I got to keep it a bean, and, you know, I got to keep it 100 with y'all. And these guys, they're just sloppy. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know any other way to put it. And this is cold train, guard the girl boxing. These aren't the opinions of the, the entire guard the girl family. But, you know, these guys, they, they're just sloppy guys. You know, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to go to his Tyson Fury fight. And I'm talking about uh, Chris Orr. Um, you know, to the, 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 the see the chinks in his, ar- in his armor, you know, um, you know, he's, he he lost to the guy, I forget his name. It was a fight was in Germany. Cabret? Uh, Cabret? I forget, forget his last name. But it was a split decision. I mean, he he had moments in the fight, you know, but, you know, he's, 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 just, a, he's just a guy. Speaking of David Hay, he actually lost to David Hay. David Hay actually knocked Chris Orr out. But, you know, his mouth and his antics, see, that's another thing. See, social media... Just getting these guys fights, so people are buying into their gimmicks. You know, it, it's the heavyweight division is very gimmicky. It's almost like wrestling. Like you throw a few cheers around and you know pour a pitcher of beer on somebody, and next thing you know, you fight for heavyweight title. And this fight was originally supposed to be for heavyweight title, but I forget what happened. Why, you know, why it got taken off the table. So you know, um, I, I you know I forget I forget what happened. Um. You know, it's funny. I'm just going to sound contradictory because Dylan White, the guy Chris Orr is fighting, is a guy Anthony Joshua actually knocked out. <laughs> you know, so it's like ring around the rosy, pocket full of toesies type of situation. It's like, 
it's almost like the tallest midget in the circus kind of thing. And I, you know, I don't want to be sound disrespectful, but that's just an analogy and a metaphor. But you know, I mean, you know, it takes heart and guts, obviously, to get in the ring. But I'm here to give my opinion, and people sometimes get that twisted. Like I'm not here to give these guys a pat on the ass and 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 wave a pom pom for them. If I don't like your fight game, I'm gonna call you upon it. It's just that simple. Like I'm not here to kiss ass. I'm just not gonna do it. And you know, I'm not gonna waste a half hour sh- a hour show talking about two guys I just think that are subpar. I mean, we got to talk about them because the fight's taking place. But I just think that you got a bunch of subpar heavyweights. Now, out of the group that's fighting this week, obviously Anthony Joshua was the best. He's the younger and better guy. And, again, I go back to what I, my statement earlier. You, when big guys, it's different from any other weight class, you know, um, when you, and that's what made, and I don't want to go to Ali to that extent, but, you know, when you, when you got Larry Holmes, let's say, for instance, you know, can you imagine Larry Holmes fighting in this era? Like, he would destroy these dudes. Like, all he had to do was fling a one at him all night. Just jab, 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 stays left, stays right, and, and, and cruise his way to victories. I mean, these are these are these are like storms that are coming your way, like twisters. You know, it's like a meteorologist, you know, jumping in front of a. I get into all that, you know, meteorologist stuff. I like all that stuff. You know, Twister is one of my favorite movies, and you know, they, you know, you you got to jump in front of the storm. You know, the old saying goes, and that's what Larry Holmes would be. He would be like a meteorologist with these guys, you know, tracking down a storm basically and getting in, getting out in front of it. So you know, like, at the end of the day, they're fighting. We got to make predictions. So those are my predictions: Anthony Joshua, Kasor, and you know, let the chips fall where they may from there. And you know, we'll keep our eyes and ears open and see you know how this thing unfolds later. Now, moving right along, um, it's funny because I'm going to save the undercard for Saturday night as the main event. The way I go through these fights, because. At the end of the day, Julian Williams, and I'm not, I'm not being a homer, obviously, but this is the biggest fight of the weekend, Julian Williams and Jamar Charlo, for a lot of different reasons that I'll get into in a second. But first thing I want to do is um, talk about some – I didn't get a chance to uh, to get into some news and updates out there. Cause, you know, I jumped right into the mix. And we saw my man, 50 Graham, being with me, Roberto Flack. He's out doing other things, um, you know, handling his BI. But uh, we actually got a fight that got signed today. Uh, Miguel Cotto. Yeah, that Miguel Angel Cotto is fighting uh, uh, Kirkland. You know, Jay, I always say, I always like to say LeVon Kirkland. LeVon Kirkland was actually a linebacker, a beast, by the way, that played for the Steelers. But he ended up, he ended up coming here, like, had, like, a cup, small cup of coffee playing here. But... I always mix their names up. But James Kirkland is back with Ann Wolf, his trainer, and good old Texas boy, you know, back in the barn and the shed, and, you know, they're doing their whole, you know, country boy workout. But I don't think it's going to be enough for Cotto. But Roberto had an interesting take on the fight. I would love to hear what he had to say. But Miguel Cotto is fighting uh, uh, James Kirkland. I think – I forget the exact date. But, um, you know uh, – Cotto, uh, I guess this is like a farewell tour. I mean, I don't know, you know, what exactly. I always like to know guys in game. You know, I guess I know it's a check, obviously, but you know, Miguel Cotto for everybody. You know, like, but he hasn't yet had that type of fight where you you could say he needs to retire because even in the Canelo Alvarez fight, even though he lost that, he wasn't dominated in that fight. It was just like a size disparity there. Like he wasn't like beat up to the point like Cotto, like you got to go type. 
But his losses, most of them, he was either outboxed or they, you know, I'm talking about stage two, uh, post Pacquiao and Margarito, you know, with the sheetrock rats. You know, I'm talking that post, all that stuff. And he had a second surge in his career that really, like, is hard to do in boxing. But he was able to prevail and have a – it's very rare that people have a, a, a second chapter in boxing. But he, he had he had one, and he, he's continuing to have one, and he's, you know, smartly picking the proper fights. And, again, he hasn't had that fight. You could say, like, yo, you need to just pack up and roll. So it's interesting to see, you know, what's his end game here. Like, you know, what is he – you know, I know there's been some talk about – and I don't need to see him fight uh, – I don't need to see him fight with my man, uh, Canelo Alvarez again. That's what I don't need to see. So, you know, we'll, we'll keep a close eye out on that, you know, um, and we'll, you know, we'll talk, we'll touch upon it, touch upon that, you know, as the uh, year, uh, we finish out the year. But the, 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 the one of the, the second biggest fight, of the, the third of the, of the three fights that's left that I'm going to get into is Terrence Crawford and John Molina. And listen, I mean, like, what do you, what do you want? What do, you, what do y'all want me to do? How do y'all, y'all want me to break? You really want me to break down Terrence Crawford versus? And this is no distance. John Molina to a man would tell you himself that he got no business in the ring with Terrence Crawford. I mean, at the end of the day, it's boxing. You know, anything can happen. You know, so, so and what, what do they say? A puncher's chance. You know, so he's going to need a puncher's chance. Excuse me a boxer's chance, and a whole lot of other chances. You know, I talked about being lucky and good, but he's going to need all the above to beat Terrence Crawford. And it's a fight to me. It's a mismatch. It's a it's a stay-busy fight. You know, um, it, you know, uh, John Molina Jr., you know, uh, I think his biggest win was against Provotnikov, but Provotnikov is pretty much a shell of himself. At this point, you know, he, he's lost to guys like Umberto Soto. You know, Adrian Broner gave him the business, you know. Um, so I, that's how I kind of see the fight looking like, you know, what he what Broner was able to do to Croft, excuse me, to uh, Provotnikov. I think the same thing is going to happen with uh, with Terrence Crawford. I mean, Ter- Terrence Crawford is really making his way to welterweight to join the mix of the Danny Garcias, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, Kel Brook, Earl Spence. And he's looking to, you know, you know, have a farewell party in the junior weight division, in a big one, in a big way. And I just, unfortunately, for John Molina Jr., it's kind of going to be at his expense, you know, this farewell party. And he's too slow. He's too methodical. He's flat-footed. He's just all wrong for Terrence Crawford, a guy that that goes for it all, a slick boxer that steps into every punch he throws. You know, every punchy triples is with bad attention. That's what separates the Terrence Crawfords from some of these other guys. Like, he's not in there just pot-shotting. Like, he literally got bad intentions. He, he steps on all his punches. Like, he, he you know, dives into them. You know, he's like a deep uh, a deep diver, you know. And, you know, I expect him to go deep dive, deep deep diving on Saturday night. And I'll be shocked if this fight go five rounds. Shocked. Well, maybe he want to bank some rounds in to its and giggles. But I'll be seriously shocked if, if the fight go uh, if it goes past there. Um, moving along, now these fights are on different channels. The, obviously, the Terrence Crawford fights on HBO. Again, the London fights, guys. I think they're on HBO as well. Um, I don't know. I, I know that 
Joshua fight might be on Showtime, but the Crisor fight maybe on HBO. I might be mixing them up. I don't know. It's 2016. Google it. <laughs> you know, um, it's out there. Just just look. But um, again, those those fights come on early in the day in the states, depending on where you're at. And the big time. I mean, they're not the big time. The uh, the the, the HBO fights. And here in the States, obviously, come on your typical 10, 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. So um, on Showtime, the headliner, but not headliner here for us, again, the headliner on Showtime, we got a good one. We got the uh, WBA featherweight title between uh, 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 Jesus uh, Cuella against uh, Abner Murrah's, you know, know, Abner Murrah's obviously – is coming off a loss, you know, to Leo Santa Cruz. You know, that was his last, you know, uh, last fight, which was I think it was last summer, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not this summer, it just passed. I'm talking about it's been a while since in the Marriott's court. I know it's been over a year. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. It's funny because Abner Marriott's was a guy that a lot of people had big expectations about, you know, but then, uh, you know, the, 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 the apple cart got wrecked. By Johnny Gonzalez, you know, um, you know, short right or left, I forget what it was, but it was something short and nasty that put him down, put him down, and that was pretty much a wrap after that. But um, you know, he had a he had a uh, had a nice comeback string of fights. I think he won like three or four in a row after that, and then he fights Leo Santa Cruz. He stepped up in competition, you know, to test his aim, if you will, and Leo Santa Cruz is outboxing, you know. Um, using them long arms of his, you know, to, to fight him at bay. And, you know, it worked successfully. So now, again, he's fighting another, uh, you know, good guy. I mean, good guy, another good fighter. But, um, you know, some people think that uh, Abner Mark Maris is, 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 is this is a fight for him to win, and it's a good come, comeback fight for him. And, you know, uh, uh, Jesus uh, Coelho is... He's just, obviously he's a southpaw, so that that's interesting to see how that goes. You know, will he be you know create some disadvantages for Abner Marrez, You know, from the southpaw stance. Um, I'm, wow, I, I really don't know. I'm I'm this is a tough one for me. You know, um, I kind of wish I had the guys here to kind of bounce off to see, you know, what their opinion is. You know, Abner Marrez, You know, to a man like since he stepped, you know, since he stepped up in comp, you know, um. Because it's funny, you know, he, he, he moved up in weight, and I remember when he moved up to featherweight. I'm like, ah, I just don't see, you know, he was he was a force to be reckoned with when he was a band of weight, but then when he moved up to featherweight, things just look kind of different. You know, and I remember when he fought Ponce de Leon. Um, I forget who undercard that was on, but I mean, he ended up getting the knockout, you know, but initially it just didn't look like, I didn't like the way things looked, like, far as, like, you know, um, his punch placement, like, far as the able and able being able to move guys out the way. But he's you now he's a full fledged featherweight, you know. Um he's 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 been at this weight for about five, four or five years now, if I'm not mistaken. Um so, you know, we'll see how it is. And Coeller is he's a tough dude, man. Like, you know, again, South Paul, you know, um kinda got a got a awkward style and you know, he you know, uh Evan Murray's gotta be careful. You know, um, you know, this is a fight that uh, if he's not careful, he could be put on a put down again. You know, um, you know, um, 
But I, I'm, I'm think I'm gonna go with Abner Mares in this fight. I think he he needs this. Fight. It's a need more than anything. While I'm gonna go with giving you know giving a victory to Abner Mares because of the need factor. So I think I'm gonna pick Abner Mares in this fight. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he went the other way. I know that's like such a hedge. It's such a, a P move that I'm doing. You know, is he, you know, stand stand by your prediction, dude. I know, I know, I know, I know. But um, I gotta pick somebody, so I'm gonna go with him. Go with uh, Abner. Moving on to the to the main event. Now, some of you probably wondering why I saved this for last. You know, why is this the main event for Garja Grill and for boxing, really? You know, um, let me just talk about the Trello Trello twins for first, Jamel and Jamal Trello. Uh, uh, brothers, you know these guys. They they came onto the scene and kind of took boxing by storm. You know, obviously, just twin factor alone. You know, and that's not to say they're like they're some freak show. You know, they they can fight. You know, they can box. They can fight. Um, they're more athletes than they are boxers. I would like to say, and I just think that these are the type of probably the type of guys I probably could have played like you know, defensive end or linebacker or running back, like, you put them anywhere on a football field, they probably could have played the position. I just think they're, they are that athletic, both brothers. And they're from a very athletic place in Texas, Houston. I think they're from Houston. Would anybody know anything? Football is like church. Football is like Christianity in, in the state of Texas. You know, all your favorite NFL players, it's a good chance they came from Texas or western Pennsylvania or somewhere in the Midwest, but or Florida, or Florida or somewhere else in the South. But Texas is the king when it comes to football. Um, anyway, so getting into – we'll stick with Jamal since that's the one that uh, uh, Julian Williams is fighting. So obviously the fight for the IBF uh, championship, fight, for the IBF uh, world title. Uh, K9 Cornelius Bundrich, thinking from the Contender Show, he lost the uh, Charlo brother. I believe I think it was a TKO victory. You know, I think it was with his corner stopped it or the ref stopped. It. I can't remember completely, but it was that's how Charlo uh, Jamar Charlo got the IBF fight. I mean, the title title fight. I mean, they turned pro in two thousand like two thousand eight. So they even they haven't even been fighting that long. And if I, if I ran down their resume, like, I can't, like, most of these guys you couldn't pick out of a crime lineup. You know, things didn't really start to heat up until they fought two guys, until he fought two guys. Cornelius Bundrich, who's like, ah, Austin Trout, okay, now you cook him with a little bit of greed. Austin Trout was a big step up in competition. You know the funny thing about Austin Trout that people don't even dig or realize? He only, I believe, he only got a couple, like, two losses. And one against... Canalo Alvarez, which I think was a little bit questionable, but that's another story. <laughs> Excuse me. And his other loss was against uh, 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 the Trout, the Trout brother that's fighting Saturday. So he was like, like Trout. It's funny. His, his career is like weird. It's like you would think like he's a guy that got all these losses and he's just like this gatekeeper type of guy. But I think on the right night, Austin Trout can give anybody problems. I just think that, uh, excuse me, I, I, I spoke incorrectly there. Actually, he lost to Laura, too. I forgot about that. But, you know, other, they're all great fighters, though. Like, you, you lose to Laura, Canalo Alvarez, and you lose to uh, Charlo, who's a young up-and-coming fighter. Jury's still out on that. They're all up-and-coming. You know, you got an up-and-coming fighter and two great fighters that you lost to. So, 
Trout is a beast. He's a very awkward guy. Like he, he, you know, he fights from the waistline. Like he, you know, he comes up and down. You know, he, you know, he, he fights from the swivel plex and he comes up. And he got a difficult rhythm. It's herky jerky to kind of figure out the way he, you know, levels off with his punches. He literally levels off from the waistline, and it's a difficult style to, you know, to to, to comprehend, like to figure it out. And he was catching uh, Trouble Twin. You know, he was catching him with some nice you know, short work, you know, and that's that, and we'll get into Julian in a second, but those are the things that Julian has to be looking at, like, I can capitalize on that because Julian's a close-distance fighter, um, and those are the things I saw that Charlo, you know, uh, was having some issues with. Now, on the flip side of that, the Charlo twin brother, they are come-forward fighters, both of them. They're not guys that's, they're not like, Andre Ward or some of these other guys, you know, some of the other slicker guys out there where, or I'm not even put Andre Ward, they're not Irish and Landy Laura or, 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 or Booby Andretti. You know, they're not like those guys where they can spot you from a distance, like, and, 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 and give you crazy footwork, footwork, lateral, lateral movement and angles. Like, it, that's not transpiring on Saturday. These are guys that are, I talked about the athleticism. The athleticism wins them over. See, sometimes, like, when you play other sports, sometimes it, it, it can be someone helpful It carries over into the sport you're currently in. You know, um, you even see it in football. You know, you, you hear about guys that was basketball players and, they, you know, they're good at jumping out to go get a ball, like boxing out for a rebound. Some of the same pair, because sports, to me, they're all relatively the same. You do a lot of the same things. Um, it's all about hand and eye coordination in the end. That's really what sports is all about. And I just think that the athleticism, they overwhelm opponents. They're very, they're strong. So they're strong, big guys. You know, these aren't your your dad's junior your middleweight. These are big dudes. Like these dudes can tomorrow move up the middleweight and challenge Triple G. I'm not saying they'll beat them, but they're, these dudes is big. Like, let them get in the ring with Kanawa Alvarez. He'll look like a midget. You know, he'll look like a, a small guy to these guys. They're big guys. And the physical, the, you know, the, the, the physical qualities that they have, you know, they're going to overwhelm guys. And, you know, he his, his inside fight game is not, you know, Bernard Hopkins-like or Marvin Hagler, but it's effective enough where it, it can be overwhelming. Now let's go over to Julian Williams. So Julian Williams is a guy, you know, speaking of Bernard Hopkins, it, it, he reminds me of Bernard so much. And I don't want people to think I'm getting carried away and comparing him to Bernard and obviously Julian you know, is a friend to the show, you know, um, you know, his trainer is, you know, a good friend of mine. So, you know, I'm, 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 but however, I'm going to still be diplomatic, you know, and I, you know, that's what we do here. We keep it all the way you're being here. You know, um, we, we, you, we can't help it, but we got to happen to have people that we know in this industry, you know, we're from Philly, you know, a place where Boston is like breaded and born. So I, I obviously we're going to know some people that happen to box or have their hand in the game. It's just inevitable us being from where we're from. You know, Julian is from, she's from West Philly. I'm from, you know, I don't know, it's not obviously, but I'm from West Philly. I know his family really well, and Brad is a guy that I met, ironically, doing this. Here it is, he was, you know, practically like eight blocks from me, but I met him doing this, uh, the boxing stuff. And we met and we just, you know, built a relationship, and that was that. Um, but Julian's a guy that, you know, um, he, 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 he's, a funda- he, he's a fundamentalist. You know, I talk about the athletic guys, you know, um, the football player guys that make the transition. 
Julian reminds me of Bernard where these guys, they might not be as athletic as these other guys, so they, they're involved in the sport they're in. Their perfection is at it. It makes, it makes them become perfections, perfection. Because sometimes being an athlete can be a detriment because you rely on that athleticism when you need to rely on fundamentals. And fundamentals, fundamentals keep you around longer. Now, here, Roy Jones Jr., Hall of Fame fighter, one of the – I think Roy Jones threw the fastest combination I ever saw in my life. I think speed-wise, he was on another level. I don't think there was a fighter that I ever watched as fast as Roy Jones Jr. But all that being said, when he lost all that, like the feints and the reflexes, he became like really just a stationary guy, and he never learned the proper. We, you know, we get into this big debate about clinching and is that boxing. We know what's boxing, but some of you guys out there just, you know, just are late to the party or just don't want to come to the party about clinching. You know, so but these guys they don't learn none of this stuff because they never have to rely on it. So where a guy like Julian who might not have be a speedster, you know, a fast, you know, you know, throw lightning fast punches, he relies on counter punches, timing, knowing when to clinch, ring generalship, not the ring generalship nonsense, hell letter be talking like just coming forward and getting your head knocked off on a swivel. No, that's not ring generalship. Ring generalship is controlling the fight. You know, setting up smart punches. You know, using your footwork, setting trap, making them think you're gonna go right, and then you spin to the left, and you sucker punching with a little sneaky overhand right. That's ring generalship. And Julian, you know, and people are gonna say like, well, who did he fight? And that may, that may be true. Those are all good questions. If you look at the resumes, it's two to zero oh, for as level of competition. You know, one really one point five to zero. Oh. The fight is a dead even fight, with all that being said. You got a fundamentalist, a guy that the eyes don't lie. You can look at a guy and tell he belongs. Julian looks like he belongs. And this is a great fight for him and Carlo Brothers to prove that both of them belong. And let me just say this, because, see, we got this bad habit in boxing where one guy loses the fight, we're ready to write him off and put him in the basement. Like, that's not – or throw him in the attic. That's not the way it should work because, see, I grew up in an era where – one guy got to lose, unless it's a draw. Like, one dude has to lose, just like last Saturday, two Saturdays, two Saturdays ago. Is Kovo off a bump? No matter what you have score being, like, even if Ward lost, let's just say they gave, is Ward a bump? No, he fought another good fighter. So when you keep fighting, when good fighters fight another good fighter, you, you're going to lose. Like, you look at Tommy Hearns, right? He gets knocked out by Aubrey Barkley. He gets knocked out by Hagler. He gets knocked out by Ray Leonard. But look at the names that he got knocked out by. Like these these certified guns, like come on man, like 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 we we gotta chill with that. And I'm not trying to punch it. I'm just saying that I just think that let's give these dudes props. And mainly the Charlo twin. And I know like I'm you know, I I, I, I have been somewhat hard on the brothers because I think that you know, they've been hyped a little bit uh behind doing anything in boxing. And again, I get the story. They're twin brothers, it's a cool story. Anytime you get brothers or twins, especially twins, and, you know, they, they kind of got that rock star look to them. You know, they got the hair, the Odell Beckham hair going all over the place. They're tall guys, muscular, you know, um, you know, uh, they, they speak well in public. So they, 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 the setup is there for them to be stars. And I, I just think that if, 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 if Charlo loses on Saturday, I don't, make, I don't think it makes him a bum. You know, and then it depends on how he loses too now. Now, if he goes and if he gets trashed and Julian just makes an easy work out of him, all right, that's a different story. And the same thing vice versa for Julian. Now, here comes the prediction of the fight. Now, 
this is this this is my honest prediction of the fight. It has put all the other stuff out the window. I think that the cleaner punches is clearly going to go to Julian Williams. I just think that Julian G. Rock Williams lands the cleaner punches, and I think he has control of the fight. You know, I mean, he's he he more of the telling shot. Again, these guys they come forward, and sometimes they come forward and with with, a, with an empty clip. Like they, 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 you know, they're coming straight forward, and they, they you know, they aim, they wave, they waving a gun at you, but it, it, it's nothing in the chamber. Like it's nothing in the clip. And I just think that that's going to be to Julian's advantage, and this is where he has to take advantage of the fight. You know, and, and when they're coming forward like that, you know, he got to make, he got to score points. This is a, this is you. We talk about points. This is the ultimate point system fight, and the judges are going to see this fight two different ways. And I talked about the empty clip from my view. But, see, these judges, they look at stuff, and they all see a guy coming forward. And let's just say it's a lot of hugging and punching going on, and he's pushing Julian around and, and just throwing punches and Julian blocking or rolling with the punches. They're going to score points for Julian, for the Charlo twin. I guarantee you that in, in, in that respect. So, again, it's, it's – it's, 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 for, the, for, for the Charlo brother to win the fight, they – they got to come, you know, for I'm saying Charlo, brother, we know who he is, Jamar Charlo. When he comes forward, you know, he got to make sure he let his hands go, you know, and not just follow Julian around. He's going to eat nothing. So, with all that being said, I'm picking Julian Williams to win the fight. I think he's, the, out of the two guys, I think he's the better fighter. I think we talked about fundamentals. I think fundamentals are going to play a major part in this fight. And I just think that the, the the whole, like, athleticism thing, I think that this could be a detriment. I talked about that earlier. I, it could be a good thing and all could be a detriment thing because, you know, it's still a thinking man's game. So every now and again, you got to dig deep into your textbook to chapter 1048, page 46, and go to that page to get that rule to know how to apply it to the situation. And I think his textbook game is a little bit deeper than what the twin game is, and again, this is not a knock on them. It just that it just happens when you get these styles to make the, the match. The only thing that I'm worried about is the judges jerking Julian on a decision. That's my biggest fear. And when I had Julian on here, I asked him personally about that. He said, "Listen, I can't worry about that. I just only control." And he's supposed to say that because if you go in the fight worrying about what judges think, like you're supposed to go in the fight thinking like I'm going to beat the dude, like I knock him out or beat him on points. I'll let the politics play out where they play, but I'm just putting that out there just in case it does play out that way. And I'm not hedging my I'm not hedging my pick. I'm just saying that it wouldn't shock me if, if, if that go down because I just I've seen this movie before, and I when 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 fighters are being built up and and, and being glossed over, it's it's a big want to, for the situation to occur. And you know why I remember. Uh, Ron Diaz being that kind of guy where they wanted to make him a star so bad that he got some victory that he shouldn't have got. And I just think that Julian got to capitalize on every moment in this fight, and he should be fine, and he should get the victory. He should get the victory. So that's just about do it for the night. Oh, we got it done in an hour. What are talking about? We will, be, we will be back next Tuesday. We got some, some great shows coming up. Please join us. We got end of year stuff. We got pound for pound stuff. You know, we got a breakdown at the end of the year. We just couldn't do it yet because this is the busiest we've been in December in a long time. 
And, you know, this Saturday is, is really helpful. I mean, this Saturday got a lot to do with, you know, how we break stuff down because, you know, you, you know, you got upsets of the year, fights of the year, you know, uh, comeback, you know, most improved fighter. Because both guys can, can can win that award, Charlo or Julian, their most improved fighter. So, you you, you know, we got to just kind of wait for everything to play out. We still got Terrence Crawford and Molina. You know, that could be upset of the year. So, you know, we got to see all this stuff plays out. But we'll be back next Tuesday, next Thursday, 9.30 on Tuesday, 9 on Thursdays. And, again, I'm Cole Train. This is Guard to Grow Boxing. We can really take this thing to the next level, y'all, man. Just ride with us. And you know we back in our we back we back on our stuff with this boxing stuff, man. All right, so just hang in there with us. You know it's a lot more to come. Oh, we on iTunes every day the next day at a radio show. So if you don't catch it tonight, or you want it, if it's a smoother process for you to download it, it's on iTunes. Guard your girl boxing in the search search line, and we'll come right up. That's our show for tonight. I'm Cool Train again. Peace.
with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.